Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Greetings, I'm Tatiana Potpara, Associate Professor from Belgrade University, and today I'll be talking about initial approaches when starting anticoagulant treatment in patients with atrial fibrillation. Oral anticoagulant therapy is a cornerstone of effective stroke prevention in patients with atrial fibrillation. And in recent decades, there was increasing use of oral anticoagulant therapy that resulted in decreasing stroke rates. However, the rates of major bleeding remained fairly constant, which is largely owing to the improvements in the long-term management of uh, uh, oral anticoagulant therapy. But there is also a residual bleeding risk that is inherent to oral anticoagulant therapy itself. And this is why the bleeding risk needs to be balanced against individual risk of stroke in each patient with atrial fibrillation. However, the individual patient's risk of stroke is not homogeneous among their patients, but it depends on the presence of specific stroke risk factors, and not all stroke risk factors carry the same weight. The strongest being prior stroke or thromboembolic event, followed by age, whereby there is a 1.5-fold risk increase for each decade. The most common clinical stroke risk factors have been combined in various stroke risk assessment scores, of which the most validated and the most widely used is the CHATS-RISK score, which includes the congestive heart failure, hypertension, age, diabetes, stroke or prior thromboembolic events, vascular disease, and female sex. Generally speaking, the stroke rates in various real-world cohorts increase with increasing CHATS-RISK score values, but the actual stroke rates in different cohorts widely vary depending on the cohort characteristics. This is because, in general, again, clinical risk scores have only a modest predictive value for identifying patients at high risk of actually uh, suffering an outcome event. And you can add more stroke risk factors or even biomarkers that would certainly increase the predictive value, at least statistically. But the predictivity of a score needs to be balanced against its clinical practicality because, again, generally, Clinical risk scores are inevitably simplifications that are meant to help with clinical decision-making regarding the use of oral anticoagulant therapy. And this is why the first step in using a stroke risk score should be to identify truly low-risk patients, those who are not going to suffer the stroke event. Those would be patients with chest stress score of zero in males or one in females, 
people do not need any stroke prevention therapy. And then uh, consider using oral anticoagulant therapy in all other AF patients, of course, um, addressing the bleeding risk as well and addressing modifiable bleeding risk factors. Importantly, both stroke and bleeding risks are not static. They change over time, uh, especially stroke risk increasing over time with aging, more comorbidities. And that is why stroke risk needs to be reassessed periodically at follow-up clinical visits. This has been summarized in both European and US guidelines recommended a structured risk factor-based stroke risk assessment using a validated score, such as, for example, Chad's VASC score. And US guidelines also recommend that in patients with a single Chad's VASC stroke risk factor, additional stroke risk factors can be considered to facilitate optimal clinical decision-making. And oral anticoagulant therapy has been recommended for all AF patients with a CHATS-VASC score of two or more in males or three or more in females, while oral anticoagulant therapy should also be considered in patients with a single non-sex CHATS-VASC stroke risk factors. And both guidelines also recommend periodical reassessment of individual patients' stroke risk at clinical follow-up visits. And with that, I would thank you for your kind attention. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.